literally the best name we could think of for what will surely be the greatest podcast in the history of recorded media. I'm Nora Katz. And I'm Jill Koskinser. We are transatlantic friends and TV junkies with a passion for writing, politics, and breakfast food. Welcome Hi. to season two of Podcast and Recreation. And this time we'll be talking about season two of Parks and Recreation. Look uh, at that! What are the odds? <laughs> oh my gosh, really good, it turns out. We're talking about Parks and Rec. Season 2, Episode 1, Pawnee Zoo, which aired September 17th, 2009, um, written by Norm Hiscock, story editor Harris Whittles, who we love, 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 um, and directed by Paul Feig, Feig, F-E-I-G, he's famous, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> he directed Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters. That's true, and he created The Freaks good Ghostbusters, not the old one. Okay, the old one is good, but the Come new one me. gave me a lot of... Emotions. I didn't like old Ghostbusters, and here's why before you all get mad at me about this. I didn't like old Ghostbusters because I first saw it last year, so I didn't have that nostalgia buy-in mm. like and some other stuff, and I expected there to be a lot more ghosts than there were. That movie is not really about ghosts, it is largely about demons, and when you go into a movie with ghosts in the title, and there's not that many ghosts, you are setting up disappointment, which is what happened with me. Okay. Do you have a vendetta against, like, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and stuff? Nope. Love those guys. Think that they're comedic geniuses and treasures, and I just wish they had been fighting more ghosts, because I would have loved to watch them fight more ghosts than they did in this film. When I was a kid, I saw it, like, on TV at a hotel when I was, like, too little to be seeing it Mm. on TV. Um, And I remember the library ghost, which I had nightmares about for years, and I remember the fat ghost that I liked flying around the ceiling. And so that was my like, expectation for the film. It was going to be like more ghosts like them, and then it turns out they're kind of the only ghosts. <laughs> Just, so it turns out I had seen... What about like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man? Again, not a ghost. <laughs> He's a demon. Because everything in this movie is about demons. Are you Zool? A demon. <laughs> See? Okay, anyway. I liked New Ghostbusters because there was lots of ghosts in it. And also Chris Hemsworth was great. And also all four ladies are gems. Oh, amazing. Um, so, yeah, Paul Feig directed those. And he directed this one episode of Parks. This is the only episode of Parks and Rec that he directed. Okay, our little baby synopsis from Irish IMTB. Leslie becomes a political <laughs> lightning rod when the penguin wedding she sets up at the Pawnee Zoo turns out to be for two male penguins. Flipper and Tux. Flipper and Tux. It's Flipper and Eve, not Flipper and Steve. <laughs> That's some graffiti written on the wall of the penguin enclosure uh, at the end of the episode, which is a great little visual. One of the greatest art direction moments in this episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job, set that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating oatmeal, which is why sometimes it sounds like I have oatmeal in my mouth. <laughs> because as we mentioned at the beginning of every podcast, breakfast food is a passion of both of us. And I'm currently eating my breakfast. That's true. While Skyping my transatlantic friend and talking about TV. I'm not eating breakfast because it's, I'm about to go to bed over here. <laughs> That's how time changes work. <laughs> Let's talk about this episode. Yes, the cold uh, open is a classic. Ron comes up to Leslie in her office and says, okay, here's the situation. To which Leslie logically responds, my parents went away on a week's vacation. <laughs> And then she launches into that entire song, and, like, the cuts in this scene imply that it's been going on for, like, a long time. But she's like, been doing the- I mean, she starts in the second verse, but, like, it's a long song, and it's basically just yeah. two verses. Um, 
And then she and finally... everyone's into it. Yeah. Well, what's great also is that Ron does not even bother trying to stop it. Because he knows Leslie well enough that there's no point. Do you think that Ron Swanson is it. secretly a fan of DJ Jazzy Jeff? But apparently not. Or maybe just apparently not when there are people on fire at Ramsay Park, yeah, which is so. what he was trying to tell Leslie in the first place. And she, to her credit, immediately rushes out to try to stop <laughs> She's just like, oh my, oh my god. <laughs> um, a great slow burn on a joke about someone being on fire. Farach, I'll be here <laughs> all weekend next week, too. Thanks for tuning in, kids. To puns with gel. Um, and then, theme song. We love the theme song. Guess who got a full-time job on this show? Chris Pratt! Woo! Main cast! Good boy! He did great. He did well for himself. This show really, like, launched him to stardom. Not -hmm. immediately, but... (laughs) That was also a slow burn. burn. Nice! Killing it! Okay. So, as part of the Pawnee Zoo promotion, which includes having a birthday party for a parrot, and having... A graduation ceremony for a chimpanzee. Leslie is married to penguins. They are black-footed penguins. She calls them South African black-footed penguins, which is not necessarily accurate because they might not be from South Africa. They're just called black-footed penguins. Um, and I have some fun facts about this type of penguin. Are you ready? Uh, I was actually born ready for this specific moment in our lives, so <clears throat> have at me. Okay, great. So they live in South Africa and Namibia, sort of like that general area and they sort of like go up the coast um they swim by jumping in and out of the water which is called porpoising (laughs) which is amazing um and they are (laughs) reaching bird wise they're most known for their mating call which sounds like a donkey (laughs) i don't know i just am assuming that that's what it's like (laughs) oh my gosh I was going to request that you do that, and then you just did it. It's so a, thank you. It is a true fact that I have played bottom in a mid-sipper night stream not once but twice, and so I have perfected the donkey noise, because he, he has to do that as he's doing his Bottom movie. is the secret poet of mid-sipper night stream, because he is a character you wouldn't expect to speak eloquently at any point, and yet he does burst out. It's he does. He does. Even when he's doing doing the tale of Pyramus and Thisbe. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the, so the uh, Texan Flipper, Blackfooted Penguins... The mating call sounds like a donkey, and so they're colloquially known as jackass penguins. Um, not so fun fact, they're an endangered species. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest threats to them is oil spills, as it is to all wildlife. Oil spills are silly. Um, not in terms of their seriousness, in terms of their needlessness. Um, and then bringing it back up to a fun fact to end this ridiculous hype us up, segment. Hype us up, hype us up, hype us up. All penguins apparently um, waterproof themselves not because their feathers are, like, waterproof in and of themselves. It's because they have, like, like these glands on their body that, like, secrete this, like, oily stuff. And they, like, preen and, like, spread it all over themselves. So they're not, like, automatically waterproof. They have to, like, do an activity for that. Which I think is awesome. If I had, like, a little valve on my knee that just, like, squirted Vaseline, I could do so much. So you and I have, like, vastly different definitions of fun. <laughs> really fun facts, but that's... Whatever gets you going, I guess. What if, what if I, like, thing. took up, like, the luge, and I needed to, like, lube up the The light. luge being the sport of luge. Yeah, like, the tracks, or, like, the, the things, you know, you gotta grease that As up. winter sports go, sled dogging is my favorite. Sled dogging? Shot. Do you want to do the Iditarod? I do, actually. Like, you know how some Too people bad, because global warming is shutting that down. <laughs> how, d- don't take a 
a secret backup life plan. Sorry, maybe we maybe we should have industrialized a little bit differently. <laughs> I really like sled dog racing, and I went to Alaska and I got to learn about it, and it was really cool. Um, it's like hardcore, and you get like an hour and a half of sleep every day because you're spending so much time taking care of your dogs, which is great. They're really great with their dogs, which I like. That's awesome. Um, and it's like really it's, it's a cool tradition, and you know that they run the route that Balto. The famous wolf dog hybrid ran to save all the children um, of that town. I can't remember the name of from diphtheria. Wow, that's yeah. They, that's the route they run, which is cool. My only associations with sled is dogs are um, the Egyptians when they go to the north in his dark materials. They have oh sled dogs. yes, we should do a podcast about that. Oh my gosh, we really should. New but you a chapter by chapter. 19th. I am. I know. I'm like dying. I am losing sleep over it already. I'm so excited. And then oh, also we should do a podcast on Cornelius that. from the um, stop motion animation Rudolph Christmas special. He has or like sled dogs or snow dogs or the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. I have not seen that. Or Does Balto, he play a dog? <laughs> Does he like no, voice a, a dog? No, it's not a movie where the animals talk. Oh, okay. it's a movie where he goes and races sled dogs who don't talk. Okay. <laughs> As animal movies go, it's, like, not as cool as Homer Bound, but, like, name me a movie that is. Lord of the Rings. Um, So, my fun fact about these specific penguins are there's, like, a chance that they could be the same penguins that I got to work with, but sadly didn't get to meet when I was on The Odd Couple. Black-footed penguins. Were they black-footed penguins? Yeah, they were black-footed penguins, I'm pretty sure. Well, there can't be that many black-footed penguins, like, being rented out to film studios. Yeah, right. So it might be the same guys. I was excited about that possibility. <laughs> small world. Literally small world, because penguins are small. Anyway. <laughs> so pen- uh, Leslie marries these penguins. And April is a bridesmaid, which is precious. Charming. I love her. And it turns out these penguins are both boys. And their names are Flipper and Tux, as we mentioned. Um, And Leslie, when she's, like, doing the ceremony says by the power vested in me by the department of parks and recreation and she like gets a little choked up and she like has she's just so proud and she loves her job so much and it makes me so happy yeah she's life goals honestly like i want to love my job as much as leslie nope loves her job yes yeah that's the dream and as much as we love leslie nope back at city hall um, Leslie makes it very clear to us and to Mark Bernanowitz that there is nothing romantic in their relationship at all. And then in a talking head, Mark is like, everything is sort of terrible for me since I hit rock bottom, literally, when I fell into the pit. And he says that the thing that he thought to himself when he was at the bottom of the pit is, there's probably a reason why I'm down here. I'm single. <laughs> yes, there is. It's because he behaved deplorably for the duration of season one. <laughs> But now you can turn over a new leaf, Mark. I believe in you. Leslie talks about how people are really upset with her for doing this wedding because Pawnians don't like government employees to be activists. And she says, quote, last year a garbage man was suspended for wearing a Livestrong bracelet. <laughs> Which is so funny. And also funny, like, how relevant Livestrong was once. That was, everybody lives. had one. I didn't that have was, one. I had one. I had one. Oh my gosh, you were cool then. You had a lives. I had a couple though. Like my grandmother had pancreatic cancer and I had like a pancreatic cancer one. Yeah. And I had, I think probably like an autism one because my mom is a clinical psychologist. She specializes in autism and they had like autism awareness ones from her school, I think. I had a couple others, I forget. But it was like, I wasn't like middle school I had a bunch of them yeah that was when it was like really big everybody wanted a Livestrong bracelet 
as you can tell, I was, like, super cool in middle school, probably, if it wasn't clear already. Yeah. Once I said to my brother, I was like, nobody was, like, a nice person enjoyed middle school. And Craig was like, I liked middle school. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is me being a mean big sister, because my brother's, like, the best. But <laughs> I also, like, as his older sister, it's my job to sometimes rib him all in good jest. Yes. Yes, that's true. He's just the kind of person who, like, is nice to everybody and just kind of, like, enjoys social and academic things. So then so maybe that's he, why middle school worked school. out for him. Yeah, he liked, he liked, he had lots of friends that he liked, liked learning. Yeah, so there you I go. had a bunch of Livestrong bracelets, I guess, and wasn't cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so April and her boyfriend, and her boyfriend's boyfriend, uh, show up to City Hall to meet the famous Leslie Nope, and they invite her to be the guest of honor at Pawnee's Gay Club, Amazing Lady named The Bulge. A, such a good name for a gay bar. So good. She's a gay hero now for marrying the gay penguins. Yeah. Which seems seems accurate to me. And that they tracks. Photoshop a version of Shepard Fairey's um, Barack Obama Hope poster for Leslie. It looks really cool. It does look really cool. I hope we see more of it in the coming seasons. Um, and then anyway, Leslie goes back to her office and a lady from... Nora, you wrote down the name of the group. Yes, Marsha Langman from the Society for Family Stability Foundation, which is mm-hmm. a, a nonsensical name. For nonsensical in. ideas, so that works. <laughs> and she it all tracks. is, like, this is a really good recurring Pawnean in the series, mm-hmm. and we're introduced to her here. She's played by Darlene Hunt. And I feel like this is such, like, an accurate portrayal of, like, a real type of person, but it also feels like, she feels like a human. Yeah, it's a parody of a person who we, like, all know. So it's a, so, so the parody kind of lies in, like, her ridiculous beliefs, which mm-hmm. unfortunately are true. Many people have those beliefs. Yeah. Insanely. Um. <laughs> which is exhausting. Just be nice to everybody. It costs no. nothing to be nice. I know. Oh, my Just God. Just let people live. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So she comes, and she asks for Leslie to either ignore the fake penguin marriage. Again, this is a pretend marriage performed by somebody... Who doesn't have authority to marry people um, between penguins who are animals and therefore have no concept of marriage? Um, so either Leslie has to annul this marriage or resign her position in the government. Which obviously she shouldn't. Yeah, she should do neither of these things. Marcia says, Why else would you marry penguins? And Leslie says, Because I firmly believed it would be cute. I think that's charming. Mm-hmm. And if it was charming, and penguins are adorable. And Marcia also says, When gays marry, it ruins marriage for the rest of us. Which is a brilliant line. Well, Marsha, when mean people get married, it ruins marriage for the rest of yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I know that you're imaginary, but I also know that there are, like, too many people out there who are you. And to those people, I say, you need to get over yourselves. <laughs> Build a bridge and get over yourself, please. Like, we have, like, real work to do in this world, and you're holding all of us up with your, like, archaic beliefs. Anyway... Yes, in the meantime, Jill. <laughs> Anne comes to have lunch with Leslie, except kind of Mark, because they're sort of buddies, because she took care of him when he was in the hospital after falling into the pit due to his own incompetence. Mark asks Anne out to see a food documentary, and I couldn't, I mean, it's unclear which food documentary, because there are so many, but in 2008, Food Inc. came out, and so I'm imagining that Mark's idea of, like, a really great first date is sitting in a dark movie theater watching, like, harrowing footage of factory farming. Here's a question for you. Yes. What is your perfect first date? My perfect first date? Yeah, like, if, like, a, 
like, if you're being taken out on the town, you've met a nice boy in Ireland. He's Irish. He's got that, that brog. Brog? How do you say? Brog. Brog? Okay. That's, you would want um, to use that to describe a Scottish accent, but okay. Really? Okay, sorry. It's, please ignore everything I've ever said. Um, you've met a nice Irish boy, and he's taking you out. Where is he taking you? What's the, what's the dream? Yeah, okay. So I would say we would sort of start off at, like, an event, like a celebration, you know, like have okay. some good food and some beverages, and then, and then the host of that event would, like, mysteriously disappear, okay. and then it would turn out that he was sort of having, like, sort of a mental breakdown because of this, like, this sort of, like, secret from his past, um... And then uh, me and my date and seven of our closest friends would go um, try to destroy the One Ring in the fires of Mordor. Still <laughs> <laughs> dying so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the last time I try to insert any okay, like real answer. Like probably, probably like Thai food and like go see a play. <laughs> <laughs> My ideal first date is actually twelve hours of a first date. It's a marathoning all three extended editions of the Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> because you should just find out right off the bat if like your SO has got the stamina to do that, and if not, then like you don't need those people in your life. Yeah, that's very true. This applies not only to significant others but also to friends and to family members. Yep. Cut those people out of your life. You don't need them. If you can't sit still for 12 hours and cry about Boromir and Aragorn and everybody, then what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing with your life and your choice? What did people do before those movies existed? I honestly don't know because I was alive before those movies existed and my childhood was worthless. What were you doing? I love those movies. I still love those movies. Um, When I was a kid, that was like my favorite, favorite thing. I knew all the facts about Lord of the Rings movies, and I shared them with everyone, regardless of their level of interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, I still do that. All right. I really hope that you find your Sam, or your Frodo, I guess, if you're whatever, whoever you are in this situation. I'm Sam. Okay, then I hope you find your Frodo. Gotta find that Frodo. Hashtag yeah. find that Frodo. Tweet at us. <laughs> Add podcasts and rec. Hashtag find that Frodo. That's beautiful. Great. So Anne turns Mark down for this really exciting food documentary date and then paddles on him to Leslie and says that Mark asked her out. And she's like, I didn't want to go out with him. And Leslie's like kind of relieved that Anne doesn't want to go out with him. Yeah. Yeah. And while this is a moment to like set up some like girl on girl crime here, that's not the route they go, which is awesome. Yes. Anne doesn't seem disappointed that she can't go out with Mark and Leslie doesn't like do the fake thing where she's like no it's okay and then it's secretly upset about it like they're just honest with each other and it's great communication people it's really important meanwhile leslie rolls up to the bulge yes we got her night on the town <laughs> she's prepared to say that she can't take a stand on this issue um but it is like pretty much automatically swayed by like how popular she is amongst the patrons of this bar yeah yeah um, and then proceeds to get super drunk on all the drinks that are named after her she gets Three super drunk she goes you know why tonight's fun because everyone's so gay. Everyone's just who they are, and who they are is just stone cold gay. Oh, Leslie. Which I guess isn't is not inaccurate. 
what I love is that when she's entering the bulge, like, all of the extras in the background are, like, recognizing her and, like, having their minds blown that they're, like, in the presence of royalty, which I love so much. Those are probably just real people they pulled up the street who are, like, pumped to see Amy Poehler. I mean, yeah, I would, I would have done that for free. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, Leslie has to go on Pawnee Today, hosted by Joan Calamezzo, to defend herself against Marsha's baseless accusations. Joan Calamezzo is one of my favorite recurring Pawnee characters. She's played by Mo Collins, who also plays the character Susan, who's like Maria Bamford's quote-unquote friend in Lady Dynamite on Netflix. <laughs> I cannot say enough good things about Lady Dynamite. And also Maria Bamford's new Netflix special, Old Baby. So good. Um, oh, I'm pumped to watch that. I haven't seen it Anyway, yet, Joan Calamezzo, stay tuned for her and her great hair. And she is just another, like, example in a long line of great Pawnians who have like very specific idiosyncrasies that like bounce very well up like one or more of our main cast members and she has a great rapport with Tom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I really like love to see unfold. Um, Tom like knows exactly how to play her. Tom is really good with the characters who are like very self-involved because Tom is very self-involved and he knows how to like kind of work that. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It was like a prime example of that. Um, and you'll see Tom has a friend who is like the king example of that, but we have not yet gotten to what might be the greatest character. Oh my god, my heart is already all a flutter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, man, so okay. Joan has brought Leslie on to basically have like this one on one with Marsha, but Joan is on so Marsha's like side, so Leslie is like yeah. honestly feeling really attacked right now. And um, <laughs> <laughs> she came out to this have a good time. <laughs> Anyway, she gets, um, and she gets yeah. maybe like a little, little bit too casual and mad, and she starts taking callers. I like that she has like zero patience for like Marsha's viewpoint, which though. is She's good. Like you know what, Marsha, like you're being ridiculous. It's a pretend marriage between like animals, and also like calm yourself. Mm-hmm. The door is that way. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Andy shows up at Anne's house in a fresh pressed suit, yes. tries to win back her hand, and he uses words like mature and behoove. And how does that work out for him? Um, I mean, it worked out well, you know, in terms of my view of him, and I'm assuming he has, like, word of the day toilet paper or something. Um, but he's living in the pit, so. <laughs> and Anne is like, no. <laughs> and the hardest part about living in the pit? Keeping his suit pressed. Understandable. <laughs> I sympathize. Um, anyway, Leslie says in the end that she's not gonna annul the marriage between Flipper and Tux. Absolutely. And she also, out of the goodness of her heart, sets up Anne and Mark because she has truly moved on from Mark. Yes. Which is great. Now she can move on to, like, bigger and better things. Leslie transfers the penguins to a zoo in Iowa because gay marriage is legal there, and that's true. Same-sex marriage was legalized in Iowa in April 2009. Um, But the big question I have about this, and I think it sort of gets to the core of this episode, is why is the zoo not doing the penguin transfer? I feel like they probably did, and then, like, Leslie was, like, their self-appointed liaison to, like, drive them. No. This is not kosher. No? No. Okay. It tracked for me, but also it's because I love a good visual gag, and there's some penguins and some car seats. It is a good visual gag, but I'm just, like, super not on board with the solution being, like, a random Parks employee with two, like, baby Bjorns full of penguins and a squirt bottle. Different folks, different things that bother them on television shows, yeah. as the saying goes. Um, well, great, that's the episode, and that's our season two premiere. Amazing. Do you have a favorite moment from this episode? Uh, yes. As I said, I love a good sight gag, and what's a better sight gag than 
a parent and a party hat, the answer is nothing. It was an amazing moment that I'm glad Prox and Rec gave me to experience. So good. My favorite moment is when Andy says, the hardest part about living in this pit <laughs> is probably keeping my suit pressed. My other favorite part was when Anne, like, in a talking head is basically like, yeah, Mark used to be a jerk and now he's, like, kind of nice, which is, like, a clever little, like, meta moment where the writers are like, yeah, like, Mark has been a jerk in the past, but, like, now this is the, re- the direction we're, like, going to take his character. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I like that that was, like, subtle enough that I'm, like, I'm on board and, like, now I know what to expect from Mark moving forward. So, like, they've set that up really well. And that also makes me, like, more invested in a relationship with Anne, potentially, mm-hmm. than I would have been if... They had given us some good character beats with both him and Anne. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and Anne has another good talking head where she says that, like, Andy left and said he was going to Kansas to climb <laughs> mountains. <laughs> well, and so she's like, so I, I don't know where he his is. ambition. <laughs> I don't know where he has gone. He could have gone to Oz. I mean, maybe. Oh, yeah, Kansas. People who go to Kansas sort of have a funny way of things happening to them, and then they end up in a, in a faraway land of munchkins and scarecrows um source the wizard of oz maybe you're familiar it's by l frank Baum. i've not read the book but i've seen the book also also one of the most famous films of all time starting judith garland also there's a musical that's like a prequel that has some plot points that i disagree with it's called wicked i don't know have you heard of that (laughs) i've seen wicked i saw it on broadway i saw it in philadelphia on the national tour oh well, one of us is cooler than the other. You know, one of us is cooler than the other. Tweet at us. Just mm-hmm. tell us who you think is cooler than the yeah. other. <laughs> at Podcast and Rec. <laughs> I saw, I liked, I liked Wicked, though. I had a good time with Wicked. Um, I saw it at camp. I went to some camps back in, like, my day, um, where we were close enough to New York City that sometimes we, like, if you signed up early enough, you could go see a Broadway show on the weekend, which is really cool. That's awesome. And they got, like, really good deals on, like, men's seats, so the girl, like, up in the, in the balcony to get there, like, looking down on everyone. Ugh. Oh. Amazing. Although, like, you can tell your seats are, like, not amazing. When I was at Spam a lot, and we're, like, against the wall of the Mez, and, like, some ushers came up, and they said, hey, could you not raise your hands at any point during this performance, because it's going to mess up the spotlights. Wait, that's incredible. We were like, ah, okay. <laughs> that's audience participation I like, I like, right there. I like the Mez, though. You can see everything from the Mez, it makes me feel tall. We're nice to the table. We dance whenever we're able. We do routines and all the scenes um, I have a few pieces of trivia about this episode that add to Leslie's status as a gay icon. Um, <laughs> the first one is that this specific episode won the GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Individual Episode, which is given every year to a single TV episode in a series that doesn't have a regular LGBT character. So that's sort of like a really specific thing, but sadly, uh, a lot of TV series don't have a regular LGBT character, so they give this award to when somebody does an episode that uh, does well by GLAAD. And then the second thing is just like a brief timeline of what the history of same-sex marriage has been in Indiana. So in 1986, um, definition of marriage officially changed to one man, one woman. This is a classic move that many people did. Um, 1997 legislation that says gay marriages that happen outside of Indiana when that couple is in Indiana they are not married Um, again that's something that a lot of states did Um, and then same sex marriage was finally legalized on October 6th 2014 which is more than five years after this episode aired 
Um, and what led to the legalization was a series of lawsuits um, in the Indiana Supreme Court, um, two of which mm-hmm. um, involved then-Governor Mike Pence. You may have heard of him and his no. his demon face and demon Not life um, as the defendant, because basically what happened was that he was sort of overstepping his executive power to tell employees not to grant marriage licenses to gay couples, which he was not allowed to do. Um, of course, all of this is But he went for it anyway, which is par for the course. So bad. Um, he Indiana also has been in the national spots, spotlight for LGBTQIA plus rights um, because in 2015, Mike Pence pushed through the Religious Freedom Restoration Again? Act, um, which is a really bad one. <laughs> there are so many bad ones. Um, but it basically made it legal for businesses to discriminate against LGBT people in the name of religion, um, which is insane. Um, and sadly is not uncommon. Wow. Yeah. This guy sounds awful. Let's not like move him any further up in the government. Yeah. It's not like he's the vice anything. Um, (laughs) but then also just one more great, great quote from him that really endears him to me in terms of someone who I feel really like he like cares about other people and like human rights and stuff. Um, in 2006, when he was in Congress, he supported a constitutional amendment that would define marriages between one man and one woman, and he said that gay marriage signaled, quote, societal collapse. Take from that well, what you will. you gotta kinda, I guess, appreciate somebody who, like, knows exactly how terrible a person they want to be, and then just goes and, like, lives their life accordingly. Yeah, he's shooting for, he's shooting for the moon with this one. Like, how, how terrible can I be and still continue to, like succeeding government turns out you can be the terriblest you can be just the literal spawn of satan and here we are um so the point of all of this <laughs> some of us are Nora. some of us are not in this country right now yeah sorry it's just, some of us some of us sort of got out in the nick of time um uh... the, po- the point of all of this is that leslie is doing the lord's work uh in this episode being a gay icon and by the lord's work i mean sort of like a humanist secular ideal of the powers of the universe those are some good fun facts although Disappointed as always to hear how recently people were still doing terrible things and how right now still living in worlds. recently as people in are still doing terrible at this things. moment yeah. stuff is going down stuff is still going down it's it costs nothing to be nice I think people just need to get over themselves there's so much wrong in this world and people need to like throw out their archaic opinions we can all move forward together and get stuff done yep. I would love for that to happen. So you may recall that in uh, season one, episode six, we discussed my father's habits surrounding the viewing of Parks and Recreation. I would like to tell an amazing anecdote about my father who loves zombies. Really? And if you have a theoretical zombie situation that you want to run past someone, my dad is the person to talk to about that. Wait, I want to do that. But he loves... He loved The Walking Dead. I saw, like, one episode. My mom also loved The Walking Dead. But but my dad loved it. And he watched it, like, religiously when it was on Netflix or whenever, however he did it. And um, I... This was when I was in high school. And I walked past him one day and I was like what are you watching and he was like oh it's like a show about zombies you know and he has like very strong opinions about if a show does zombies well oh okay and I said to him dad like what do you like about the show and he said quote it's just about a ragtag band of misfits (laughs) (laughs) he's not wrong that's beautiful I do not think I will ever forget that. That was like the most. I love that. That was the most Howard Katz thing that my dad has ever said. Actually, that's not true. That's like Ooh, in the top ten. But it's he a really good one. He should write our new synopses. He should be in charge. That okay. 
He apparently, I have been in communication with him recently, and he has said that he has promised to start watching because he, I couldn't get him into it. I got my mom into it, couldn't get him into it, but he apparently watching is what? there. Okay. Parks and Recreation. Oh, the show. Okay. The show. It could have been like our podcast. I just didn't know. No, I tried to get my. I tried for a long time to get my mom into the show. I took okay. it took like four tries, and she's finally into it. And my dad never got into it because he he hates like joy. It. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but he has apparently promised that he will. If you're listening, by the way, this is in fact a podcast about parks and recreation, um, and we'll continue telling you about this episode. Yeah, and also, um, but I just do need to call out for a second, Dad. <laughs> you'd better watch this TV show, or I swear to God, man. <laughs> is he listening to the podcast? Have you watched the show? Um, he did, I think, listen to the first couple ones. Um, so my dad sent me an email after hearing that episode, um, with a letter to me about his response. And, um, I asked if we could read it on the podcast and he, um, at first begrudgingly, begrudgingly was like, okay. And I was like, you can say no. And then he was like, no, it'll be fun. So... I'm reading it. <laughs> he sounds real enthusiastic about this. Let's continue. Um, he, he got enthusiastic once I was enthusiastic. So here goes. Dear Nora, I take umbrage with the false accusation that I do not like PNR. In fact, your mom decided I wouldn't like it and rarely shares the show with me. She watches the show while she is rowing. Sound is on mute. I will admit it is not my fave series. But it is also about a ragtag group of misfits. Here he's referencing The Walking Dead. Except they are a bit less ragtag. They probably shower almost every night. While it would be a better show if a zombie wandered in one day and Ron would put a letter opener in its skull. And that always serious girl who hates everyone, April, would get her ankle bitten into and Leslie would have to amputate her below the knee to prevent the spread of the zombie infection. That would make her grateful for at least three episodes. And Tom will make fun of her, and she will put him in a closet with a zombie she caught. Imagine the hilarity that would ensue. Oh my gosh! (laughs) But I enjoy the intermittent chuckle I derive from the show. I would say there is a chuckle every four to seven minutes. That is no mean feat. And what about I don't like happy shows? Leave it to Beaver was one of my favorite shows when I was not much younger than you two. You may remember that we named all of our cats after characters and leave it to Beaver. That is true. I want an overweight cat we can name Lumpy. We can't have female cats, or we would have a cat named June. By the way, now that I figured out how to listen, I can't wait for more. XO, Dad. Aww. We love you and we like you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Dad. This made my day when I read it the first time, and it made my day again just now reading it. And uh, if anyone out there in the listener universe has a similar letter of love, affection, and critique that they would like to share you can email us at podcastandrack at gmail.com check us out at soundcloud.com backslash podcast and rec and on apple podcast and on stitcher and you can also leave us reviews at any and all of those places music for this week's show is courtesy of kevin mcleod at incompetech.com. We are on Twitter at Podcast and Rec. You can follow Jill on Twitter at Ms. Jill Madeline. You can find me on Twitter at Nora A. Cat. <gasps> yes! I jumped on the bandwagon. She's only tweeted twice. No pressure. And also at NoraCats.com, which is great. 
and I'm really proud of it. Um, if you have questions, <laughs> comments, business inquiries, a letter about what you think about Parks and Rec, uh, or fun stuff to share. Cancellation to the Walking Dead, sure. Shoot us an email at podcastsandrec at gmail.com. We love you and we like you. In the tag of the episode, Leslie transfers the penguins to a zoo in Iowa because same-sex marriage is legal there. And that's true. It was legalized in 2009. In April 2009. Do you want to say that again, but say same instead of sam-sex marriage? Did I say sam-sex? You did say sam-sex marriage. Mm. I was thinking about Frodo. And then you're still thinking about Sam Gamgee. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky little Robert's. Spam, spam, spam.